episode 9000theone900hotdog.com podcast with the last comedy website do our patreon or don't go ahead and let unchecked tech monopolies devour all joy i'm the inventor of being funny on the world wide web sean baby and i'm here with the first bobby of internet jokes robert brockway i'm robert brockway here's a brockway fact uh i once handcuffed somebody using guile i am not <sighs> talking about the video game no follow-up questions no follow-up oh, questions God. that would have been my first question uh our guest today is the author of The Ultimate Nintendo Guide, now in both regular and super, host of the Completely Unnecessary podcast. He's the NES punk, Pat Country. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. This is a little little surreal being uh, on the show uh, here <laughs> just because, you know, I was a, a young whippersnapper reading, you know, Sean Baby's site back in the day talking about awful NES games. And now I discuss awful NES games and good ones for a living. So Yeah, it's excellent. You made a whole career out of the... Out of the old video games. It's the dream. Yeah, I now, guess so. Uh, <laughs> now uh, talk about how you're starstruck meeting me. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I know you from that thing that you did. I'm yeah. Oh, man. It was great, uh, wasn't it? I hear you've worked with Sean Baby, someone I'm fond of. So that's good. That's good for your career. He's uh, number one. He's going places. I always wonder. I've been, I've been guesting on podcasts more the past uh, year. I was on the Chiluminati podcast about a month or so back, they cover like paranormal, paranormal stuff. And I always wonder like, should I research the co-host that I don't know? Is that like bad form? If I don't know what one of the co-hosts does. Um, nah, it's old. okay. It just means you're not prepared. Oh, that's me. <laughs> there, he's got a problematic past, but it generally doesn't come up. Just don't bring I'm up. I'm going to throw you some curveballs, and you're not ready for them. Don't oh. bring up non-whites, uh, cancel culture. Uh, God, what else? Women. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> All no, things no. I love. Uh, yes, it's true. Brockway actually is the voice of reason generally uh, in our internal editorial meetings, which is how um, you know there's a problem. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a bad. There's story. a real problem, and it is going unaddressed. <laughs> because then Jason comes on, and Jason's the voice of reason for both of us. Right, he's I, the one I, I, can't, I can't fucking believe you did this. Uh, I well, we met, we met at Cracked way back in the day, and. Uh, then when Cracked died, I had this project I'd sort of been developing and I was like, uh, came to Jason and Brockway with it. And I was like, guys, what do you think of this 1-900 hot dog idea? And then uh, Brockway liked it, helped me develop it into something much more and better. And uh, we've been doing that since what? Leap day 2020. And then he said, uh, I, I, we set some like goals for our Patreon and he said, uh -huh. uh, I really don't want to do a podcast. So I made him do a right. podcast. And then here, we, yeah, that's right. That's the origin of the podcast. <laughs> well, that's the way to go. I mean, when we started the CU podcast uh, nine years ago, there weren't, a, that's when like people were still discovering what a podcast was. Right. And there was not a huge amount of gaming podcasts at the time. I always feel like um, I'm glad we started then because if we, if we waited like even probably three, four more years, uh, by then we would have been just swamped by other podcasts and no one would have discovered us probably back then. You but you the are last like in the pool. You're like a leading collector guy, so I imagine when something happens, like uh, like when that that grift happened where they sold the video game for two million dollars or whatever, I imagine you got a lot of uh, media outreach. Like, hey, you got to come explain this. No, actually, no. Um, one of one of my criticisms, <laughs> okay. of, of and it hurts. Thank you. <laughs> what, one of my criticisms at the time of like all those articles that were pumping up that market irresponsibly. Uh, Kotaku did an article. New York Times did an article yeah, out of nowhere. They all fell for it. 
they all basically just did it on a whim like hey look at this dentist guy who's who he's like the biggest game collector just because he like started an llc and started borrowing money to buy all these sealed games up yeah they weren't getting in touch with me the only person that got in touch with me was was carl jobst carl jobst said hey pat this oh, seems sure. weird this uh, one and a half million mario 64 sale that happened in july of last year what's going on and i started explaining to him things we were discussing on the podcast at that point for like two years but all the relationships relationships between the people that were involved with heritage auctions that were also involved with the people at the grading right. service wada and that was the impetus for him doing his own research and doing that blockbuster sort of expose video that happened, I think that was August, September of last year, that sort of blew it wide open. And now there's currently the class action lawsuit going on. Right. Yeah, they're just shoving money around to like build up a market to sort of legitimize their auction house. We'll be here all day if we try to explain the grift, but I think I might be 60% done. I was was shocked. I was shocked that like... (laughs) None of these people would follow up until you said July of last year. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's no money in journalism anymore. We're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about anybody looking into things. We're talking about somebody seeing a tweet and like screen capping it and writing about well, it. There was one uh, game journalist that I won't call them out directly from a big site that contacted you know. Um, I said to them, here's, here's all the paths to go down to look into these connections between these people. And their response to me was almost like, Oh, people are allowed to know each other, and I need more than that. <laughs> and he said to me, "I need more than that." And I said, "I'm not a game. I'm not a journalist. You are a journalist. I'm giving you all the leads and things to look into." And they did nothing with that information. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Carl, who started as a uh, speed running, you know, YouTuber, he did all this awesome research and put out this video that's been seen by millions of people now. And Imagine. it's like it's. He should have done the research, this guy, but he didn't want to because he's, or he had already done you know, articles pumping up the market and, and not putting any sort of uh, journalistic integrity, in my opinion, into his writing. Imagine how many stories, like every news story would die right there if you're like, eh, people are allowed to know each other. <laughs> and saying, no, they're very much more- not. That's what all news is about. And, and saying I need more than this, like he, like he wanted me to get a micro recorder, like right. from the eighties, and like and just and 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 tape these people just having these collusion discussions. Like that's what it was so insulting to me at the time. I was like, okay, I think this is gonna gonna come back in a different form. I mean, I even said there might be a big YouTuber doing a you know a video about this, and then like I said, it blew up after that. All right, news is dead. News is over. We're over news. I don't know if it's over, but for the video game realm, there's few and far between real journalists. And and it's not like it's not like um, I know there's not a lot of money to be made when it comes to that. But I would expect at some point in time, some sort of ethics to come in in terms of like, well, there's this might be a grift. People are getting ripped off. There's something going on. These guys are going on Pawn Stars, pumping up these games. Uh, They might know each other. Um, and I, it was just sort of the weirdest response ever. It was almost like people wanted this to be true, that organically games that were worth $10,000 four years ago are now worth uh, $1 to $2 million. Like they think, right. like, like, oh, that's... And like it was that, uh, Mario. Like that, like that would legitimize video games more in the public eye based upon the value. And yeah. that was the dumbest sort of uh, angle I can possibly think of. Yeah, I think gamers are still a little insecure about like their place in the world. I think I think we feel like really? we're huh. nerds and uh, we're not cool enough. Explain uh, some things about yeah. the world. <laughs> so uh, it's funny you mentioned journalism and getting to the bottom of a grift because 
Uh, the grift we're talking about today, uh, people have gotten to the bottom of, but it was like almost entirely crowdsourced. And it's very complicated. And I'm really glad we have you on the show. Uh, but I do, at the start of the story, I want to go way back to the retro VGS, which was, uh, was a retro game console that was designed by a guy who made Retro Magazine, which uh, Pat and I both wrote for. Uh, and we were used I, to market the damn Kickstarter, both of us. We were uh, the top names that's right. used to market it. Yeah, they really were attached us to the project to to get interest, and I, I do want to talk about. That. Uh, oh, that's very nice. I'm going to burn the shit out of that I bridge paid, right now. I paid each of you about twenty five cents. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was probably one of my worst uh, freelance experiences, other than just like being completely not paid, which has of course happened. But um, every time I wrote an article for them, it would take like six to seven months before like the invoice would before I'd realized like they never fucking paid that invoice. And I'm really bad about that. So I'd be just like, it, f- it feels like I haven't got a check from them in a long time. And I check and be like, okay, you guys are like four or five articles behind. And then I would, after months of like arguing, like I would eventually get like a, a PayPal transfer from the CEO of the company. Like they just didn't have their shit together <laughs> at all. Uh, one time I wrote an article about um, Final Fantasy Tactics. And there was a layer of abstraction in that game I thought was very funny because that game like takes place inside the imagination of a kid in a wheelchair. And so when I was trying to describe like the absurdity of that, of the political uh, I said, machinations taking place. Right. So I said, um, handicapped kid or something, uh, disabled. I put it in a, like not a delicate way, but, uh, someone editing that changed it to daft. I guess they thought I was calling him like, like to disab- like mentally disabled. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we can't fucking do that. So it just sounds like I'm daft. just, Calling this kid in a wheelchair daft <laughs> for no reason. And I like when it's just, I thought you that was daft, such a funny idiot. edit. You can't like, walk. Yeah. You want a crazy thing to do. Dumb. Why are you doing that? Uh, it's going to devolve in us talking about how awful it was at Retro Magazine. Did you work with that that editor was, who was terrible? That dude came to me like after the magazine was on hiatus and was just like, hey, we're paying you too much. Can we just pay you half? And I was like, no, I. That's how much my time is worth. It takes you know, just, just like an hour to throw together 600 words of jokes, pal. And he's like, um, uh, anyway. And then he like was trying to like lowball me like, hey, dude, nobody really is responsible for this magazine being popular. Like you're just some fucking nobody. And I was like, oh, really? Wait, what? Like, like not, not in those three or four yeah. people like on the Kickstarter? Yeah. It I, was me, I, you. I'm under uh, no illusions. Controller, Jeremy Parrish. <laughs> and yeah. we were all over that. Yeah, and but it, when it came time to pay me, he was like, "Dude, you're not that important to us." Uh, I can't remember how he put it, but it was about as insulting as you could possibly be while also trying to negotiate. So that did not go well. <laughs> okay, uh, I feel bad now because I probably brought the, brought the amount down. down we, we probably should have unionized. I only got a hundred bucks an article. Okay, um, I don't want to. Wow, really? drop. You probably got double or triple that. I'm guessing. Um, Sean's a great negotiator. I did get eight hundred dollars for an article. Did you you messing with me? I'm not messing with. <laughs> no, you. he's not messing with you. You got eight hundred, and my dumbass self was settled for a hundred bucks. See, I never hold on, written- hold on, hold on. Look, I got fifty dollars an article for my column. It cracked when I started. How much did you get, Sean? Uh, I was on a profit share with a minimum of one twenty five, but sometimes it got up to about fourteen hundred. Oh my God! Okay, so, so Sean's, Sean's a, a name brand, though he's been around for yeah. twenty five years. No, we're but that, these are the levels that we're working. We're this is how much we're worth in comparison. So my my, I, my quick story about that editor was this: because I wasn't in the first issue, 
at all after I was promoted as a writer on the Kickstarter. That was and weird. My argument was was to them was like, listen, if anyone bought this magazine or 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 uh, you know put into this Kickstarter because of my involvement and you're not having me in it, that's not good. And my name's on this, even though I didn't know how unprofessional it would be. Yeah. And so the guy's like, okay, we'll see if we can get you into issue two. I said, we'll see. And then <laughs> after that, he said, hey, Pat, uh, why don't you t do an article about exploding barrels in video games? Oh, no. And I said to him, listen, uh, people know guys. me because of covering NES stuff. I would expect they would want me to uh, write about NES stuff. And it was almost like I had to argue things that were totally common sense to this person. And this right. person was just so up their own ass about, you know, I'm an editor in a position of power on this shitty magazine. And who the hell are you? And it was the most insulting thing ever. So I was like, I'm, I basically said, to him, listen, I'm going to write this article that I'm going to do. And then you can either publish it or not. So I published a, an article about NES a hypocrisy. I did one about all the good, cool giveaways that were included in the Dragon Warrior and Nintendo Power giveaway. And then I did one about like football games for like Super Bowl season. But it, okay. it was terrible. And even now more terrible because obviously I'm a dumbass asking for only $100 when <laughs> Sean Baby's getting uh, almost four figures an article. Well, that was yeah. like the basic magazine rate. That was low for the time. I guess media was dying. Old media was dying. And yeah, that uh, was that was like magazine, so was, magazine rate. Yeah, it was magazine numbers, but like the lowest magazine numbers uh, that I've ever worked for. Yeah, but, when I wrote for Car and Driver, they asked me to give them a price, and I, I gave them eight hundred as that, and they laughed and went, "No, well, how about like twelve hundred? Yeah, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, page in a magazine's worth a thousand bucks to three thousand bucks, and uh, at, the, at so least Mike it was Kennedy, like we got we got a hard out on this time, don't we? Uh, Mike <laughs> went on to do the uh, retro VGS console in theory, right. which was going to be a. A, a cartridge-based console. Remember, this is mm -hmm. 2015. Right. A cartridge-based console, and he guaranteed the games would be bug-free, a hundred percent complete when done. And and sure. their and their their line was, "Remember when? Play again." To really get you on the nostalgia. Remember, and this was, that was, this really was an tagline? editor at the at the magazine. He ran it. Uh, yeah, he ran oh, the magazine. God. He ran that, and he, and he had the he had the um, the alternative. He had the God was it Chase the Chuck Wagon slash Game Gavel um, video game auction site that was popular for like a day and a half. So yeah, he had this, this highfalutin idea to do this console um, with games that would I guess be exclusive. There was only I think two or three ever announced uh, for yeah. it, um, and then it was the shell. The shell was the Atari Jaguar shell because yeah, how famously, awesome is that? He just bought the molds or whatever. The molds, the molds Atari sold to uh, a dental uh, equipment company, and I actually saw. <laughs> the fuck! Uh, I swear to God, I actually saw one in person at, at the um, the Sacramento. Were you starstruck? Uh, Were you like, dear God, that's the Atari Jaguar mold? Well, well, that was sort of infamous in gaming history that that's what became with those shells so so mike eventually got yeah. got the molds himself and came up with a console idea based upon having a shell which is always a great idea for a console not having uh, <laughs> software figured out or games but hey we have a shell which you is start like with the atari jaguar you take out everything inside the atari jaguar you're left with just a plastic atari jaguar you got yourself hey, I, a video game console going i yeah. know that shell that's the dentaflex 3000 <laughs> <laughs> so so then they they partnered with Coleco Holdings LLC, which was a shadow company 
of another company that all all they did was go and buy up or acquire zombie trademarks. So they try to play it like they were the original okay. uh, Coleco Industries that made the Coleco Vision, that made all the handhelds, oh, and yes, made wow. made leather before that because that stands for Connecticut Leather Company Coleco. Um, oh. They partner with them to make it the the uh, Coleco Chameleon console to rebrand. I think that's a great name for something else, but maybe not a project this haunted by deceit. But like, <laughs> I yeah, would play a Coleco the chameleon, chameleon is kind of a like. Maybe somebody should spot this. Like, there, it's kind of a dare to the policeman. Like, yeah. catch us. We left you so, all the clues. We are the chameleon. So it never got anywhere. And to make a very, very long story short, they ended up going to the New York Toy Fair in 2016 and they and had people play this. The problem was people spotted things weird. There was duct tape on the back of the console. The back uh-huh. of the console uh, strangely looked like the back of a Super Nintendo Mini. This is the uh-huh. second Super Nintendo they produced. They produced. So it turns out that, yes, it, they put a Super Nintendo Junior console in their shell. And where people were playing basically a Super Nintendo flash cart. And that's when it was like, well, maybe it didn't start that. as a scam. Now it's a scam. And then so but here's yeah, how nerdy yeah. the internet was where they posted a picture of it and they're like, check out our video game system. And it was like two seconds later, someone's like, that's a video capture card. High cap 50 B like just like yes. the fucking nerds on the internet decode <laughs> shit like that instantly. Yeah. Imagine uh, so, doing that with video game consoles and thinking you could get away with it. How out of yeah. touch do you have to be out? Yeah. That happened after it was called that as a scam. They're like, listen, this is real. And they had a clear Jaguar shell with the capture card inside. And I think it was identified within hours on a target. If I found a capture card, like in a burned out building and tweeted it and said, Hey guys, what's this? I would expect a response in 11 to 12 minutes of someone <laughs> from the internet. Yeah, you just would be like, it. yeah, yeah. You would get it. And then you would get doxxed for not knowing it. And you would be on the run for your life. That's true. Yeah. I, it would kill me, but I would know what it was. So Mike's story was what? Like, huh? I think that's that's how he covered for this. He was like, maybe uh, I think I got scammed, but I guess um, <laughs> that's I, the, I always love it when the scammer resorts to like, but what? Who did this to me? So must a have been some double, other guy. A big enough double take. We'll might yeah. cover this one. <laughs> so I think he went into this project with a daydream of making the greatest retro video game console. Uh, I only like talked to him a couple of times, but in the first five minutes I talked to him, he's like, okay, now that you're on board to the magazine, uh, we're going to, we're going to be able to get all these other talents. So we're going to become such a big magazine. We'll, we'll buy up all the other talent and soon we'll be the only video game. magazine." And like, that's like the kind of guy he is. Like he would just like within minutes, he went from like, we're struggling to make this happen to like, oh, we're obviously going to be the biggest thing in the world. Uh, so that's sort of like the personality that starts these projects. They, they right. think they can fake it until they make it, or they just have a sort of a, you know, a big, big boisterous used cars salesman personality, by the way, in during our coverage, of course it got to him and he called Ian and me, uh, dr- uh drunken podcasters. <laughs> were you, were you off? How drunk? did, is that a, is that a real thing? No, it's not a real thing. The, you just called you've us, never called been drunk. Ever, you've done a lot of podcasts. You've never been drunk on any of them. No. Oh, well, okay then. Well, I, I wish I could say the same. I know. I know. My judge is bad on on not you know taking so little money for articles. But are you saying I should start drinking during this podcast? <laughs> it maybe, might be funny. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, we have drank together a couple times, and um, you seem like uh, a fine drunk. Couple? What? Couple? <laughs> huh? 
What, Portland <laughs> we drank together, and then uh, that was, was it. Was it just the ones? Did I black I out and not remember another time? Maybe that's what happened. Maybe. that's See, that's how good a drinker I am. I just don't remember most stuff. I like that the dismissive thing is oh, just a podcast. What year was this when, when he said that? That would have like, been 15 when he called us that. So podcasts were fully in swing as like the biggest thing in the world at that point. It, it's such an established media that like, yeah, maybe they're, maybe they suck. Maybe they're good. It's, it's just like saying, Hey, that newspaper sucks. You're like, does it though? Like, I don't know. I and don't at know. that point I, you, you could say you drunken podcaster and they'd be like, yeah, we're, we're drunk <laughs> history or whatever. And we've got 8 million. <laughs> well, I think it was just a way of demeaning just to show that. Oh hey, yeah, you, totally. You guys it, it's are just, critical and don't, and don't really. I'm just saying he didn't really understand what podcasts were to throw that out in like yes. that, that fashion. It really betrays like the cheapness of the insult that it's completely fabricated. Like, oh, they're, they're drunk. I bet they're drunk. They must be drunk. And so you can't believe what they say. And it's like, okay, but if they turn out to not be drunk, you're a fucking idiot, right? Which is funny <laughs> because he was on a podcast around that time, I believe. Oh, and God, he, he must have been had been drunk on his own podcast. Cast that they like people. Oh, there it is. Hypocrite. So it's like he's a dolphin molesting podcaster. <laughs> if we're just throwing around baseless accusations, he had his thumb up a fucking dolphin hole. Baseless no accusations that it turns out we did ourselves. There so, so the Coleco Chameleon was an unmitigated disaster. It, it was yeah. a scam, and that brings us to the Intellivision Amico. I believe. I, I'd say it brings us here, sure. But Tommy Tellerick, I want to make it clear is the guy that is going to take over this video game system we're talking about now. And he was an early backer of the, um, of the, uh, what if the chameleon, uh, they tried to do a Kickstarter and what did they want? $2 million. They got uh, 80 grand. Uh, so <laughs> that was, they shot not even enough, enough to make a console because they had no working prototype, which is required for a Kickstarter. They did an Indiegogo. Right. So that, that that's down. exactly right. Uh, and that's Indiegogo is you get to keep it even if you don't make it, right? Whereas the Kickstarter, you Correct. have to hit you your do, goal. You can okay. flexible. It's better for grifters. Sure. Uh, and it turned out they, they may have been grifting because uh, they did that very dishonest thing of saying, here's our video game system. It's not a Super Nintendo Mini in a fucking Jaguar mold we bought from a dentist. But that's what it was. <laughs> it's weird that they specifically said that. <laughs> so... Um, so yes, here we are now at the uh, the fucking television co- Amico, Amico, which almost sounds like Coleco. It almost sounds like the Wii. It almost sounds like Amiga. You know, we're tr- we're trying to confuse people already right. because of the brand name it rhymes with Tallarico. It's the Italian word for friend. Uh, Tommy Tallarico wears his Italian uh, American heritage on his sleeve, his pride, and so that's mm-hmm. where the name comes from. And before Wait, we get so, to his name was Tommy Friend. No, no. Tommy Tallfriend. Oh my God, his um, name is really close to Tommy Tallfriend, and he's four foot three. <laughs> That's a grift. I've spotted the grifter, you guys. Podcast so I'm gonna try to, during this discussion, I'm trying to. I'm going to try not to get personal with Tommy, even though he made it personal with Ian and me very early on, insulting our looks, calling us stupid. He said a lot he worse things. Your, than you're a podcaster to us. You're a, uh, sort of a, a handsome fellow, though, Pat. What did he? What do you say about your looks? Well, I want to get drunk with I'm you. Not hit, maybe. I'm not hitting. Uh, I'm not hitting on you. No, he, he, <laughs> not yet. He, pretend, he pretended not. He pretended not to like know who we were, even though he had met us. Uh, Tommy oh, okay. was on the video game years, which I produced. 
you know, I met him a couple times before I talked to him at Comic-Con. So it was just sort of just early on, we knew that the this new console venture, which was, I believe, announced, I believe, the summer of 2018. And then he was the keynote speaker at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, October 2018, to announce it and then have a launch date of October 10th, 2020. Right. Um, that's uh, for the, for the people the who are listening, the very rare people who don't know who Tommy Tallarico is. Uh, he was like the bad boy of video game music in the 1990s. He did the soundtrack to Disney's Jungle Book on the Game Boy Color. I mean, we're talking fucking big titles. Oh, Earth yeah. Um, Rogue. Interplay, Virgin Games. Uh, he worked sure. with. No, he worked with everybody. Terminator, his Terminator Sega CD uh, soundtrack supposed to be really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's an untalented guy, but he's he's that kind of guy who filled a hole of like, they're sitting around. They're like, I guess there isn't a bad boy of video game music. You can be that if you really want it. Do you have a leather jacket? <sighs> yes, leather? he has a leather oh. jacket. He, Is it pleather? <laughs> oh, it's okay. You're close. Fucking enough. A has a leather jacket. And then in the 2000s, he was on a couple of uh, video game uh, shows. Uh, one was in Canada. Uh, was it Electric? Was Electric Playground? Was that what it was called? Fuck, um, I know. So like that's sure. how. And then he started Video Games Live, which was the, the, the orchestra symphony that still tours. They just did, I think, one in April, um, it, you know, where they play soundtracks from. Uh, sure. From video Not games. for me, but go go have fun. Go cry to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack. I don't care. You can do whatever so, you want. So he's a, he grew up playing in television because since he's like a, you know, a, a, a Gen Xer, you know, an older Gen Xer, he's like, I think, like 54 or so. So mm-hmm. he grew up with the Intellivision. Um, which was like was not unknown, but definitely got their ass kicked by Atari when it was out there. Probably think that I think Atari probably probably sold them ten to one or so. And so Keith Robinson, who worked at the early in television, he was the holder of the IP forever. Um, he mm-hmm. passed away, unfortunately. Um, I believe it was two thousand and seventeen. Um, and Tommy was not a suspect in that. Yeah, well, we're not saying that. Well, I'm not going to try to get craven. And honestly, uh, m- what I heard was Tommy was at the funeral and was already talking up the fact that he wanted to do a console and that he had like at the funeral. Me. This is what was told to me uh, that he was at the <laughs> funeral of Keith Robinson and that um, I never even said this on the podcast before my own podcast. He was at the funeral and was already telling people that, hey, I, I, I told my console idea to Keith Robinson and he said it was a great idea and, and I had had his blessing. Um, so he then became the president of, of uh, in television entertainment. He he acquired the rights, and I've been told stories about how or or it was like I don't know if anyone didn't want to give an offer. He paid the money, got the rights to it, and then said, "I want to do a new television console," um, and that's basically how it started. You know, in two thousand eighteen, and his idea was exactly the idea that Mike Kennedy had that we we just discussed with N- not very exactly. few changes. It's worse. Uh, <laughs> okay it's, it's worse than that. than a super nintendo mini and dental equipment well no in theory mike wanted to do an actual real console with with cartridges okay with, okay with the intellivision amico he had a dream what the intellivision amico is right now it's basically it's just an android based console running on linux that's comparable and this is and this all came out in sam mekovich's uh, article in ars technica because they, they're dev portal elite it's a 2000, basically as powerful as a 2016, you know, mid-level Android phone. That's what this console is. That's what so, it is. We're talking some fucking muscle. 
and uh, it, it has the most over engineered controllers you have ever seen based in look and function on one of the worst controllers ever the original mattel in television control oh, yeah, the little rolly things and the keypads and stuff had it, it had a the keypad but it had that awful uh deep not even d-pad a dial yeah uh, the dial it was, right it was a directional dial and so over-engineered uh it was a rotary controller with a with a touchscreen <laughs> um and it's it, a yoga ball and you have to uh it's got an <laughs> anal plug no i think that's a south park joke uh it's you know it sucks so yeah, but his he's idea also was friends good. with. Uh, I do want to mention that he's kind of real, like attached to the hip with Doug Tenapel, the the Earthworm Jim guy. Tenapel, uh, yeah. Tenapel, uh, who doesn't mind saying out loud that he thinks Hitler has some pretty interesting ideas. So like that's uh, also it should be About mentioned this. <laughs> probably, I can maybe forgive that if it's specifically uh, Earthworm related. Tommy will probably hear about this and email me for this, but like he does have a lot to say about cancel culture and like you get the idea that uh, the two of them had some problematic discussions and that like uh, Tommy has some feelings about social justice warriors that you would find that most civilized people would find pretty gross. You're telling me 54 year old video game nerds have some problematic (laughs) opinions. Yeah, Yeah, I do. And I'm saying this. Yeah. So you may ask yourself, how does someone who did work in the video game industry granted as a composer, run a new startup and develop a game console, which is probably one of the hardest things to do. Right. Um, Well, Tommy, Tommy is a firm believer in the self-help bullshit, the secret. Oh, that's right. And he's espoused it in public before I got a clip. Am I allowed to play clips on, on on something? My podcast, can I play a clip where Tommy talks about belief in himself and how that lands? 30 second clip. Here you go. Go This is him on on a podcast uh, on a YouTube stream. And I'll prove it to you why I know there's no such thing as luck. Because if you took away every single thing from me, you took away the house, the cars, the watches, the companies, all the money, you take that away from me tomorrow, and within two years, I'll have it all back. I'll figure out a way. And that's that confidence, right? Having confidence in yourself, believing in what you can do. So that's not luck. That's manifesting stuff through positive mental attitude. I- so he actually believes in this bullshit. Very guy. hypothetical. Yeah, Do it. Gotta have, I can give your money away. I can some bend sort the of universe. Confidence can, man. Yeah, I can just bend the universe to my will. Sort of thing. <laughs> he's literally he's brought up the secret book before. And we don't talk about it on our podcast that much because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But there are people that do think like this. I sure. think that if I honestly think positively about it, it will happen. And I'll just worry about the details later. I'll just fake it until I make it, basically. The problem is when he says things like this um, and he takes a ton of money to try to accomplish this and blows through reportedly $17 million and has nothing to show for it, these are the type of of people that run these projects into the ground and there was no one there to stop him. Well, yeah, but he'll get it back. He just needs two years, baby. Just needs two years and he will manifest it. Somebody gave seventeen million dollars to Tommy Tallfriend. Well, well, what happened was a the variety of confidence man. A variety of things happened on this ill-gotten, uh, you know, console running. Uh, basically, what like looked like flash games from two thousand three on the console uh, was that 
he originally said, we, you know, we have investors, we have a $25 million line of credit, blah, 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 $150 million production line of credit, all this stuff. From what I was told was that, you know, they brought a quote unquote working unit to E3 2019. They, they rented a hotel suite or hotel room. And at that point they had nothing done because they announced it only, um, formerly the fall before that you can't get a console they, done at the funeral the they announced it at the funeral well well i think it was two years before that but yes um so basically what happened was though is that they basically got an orange pie which is like a, a form of a raspberry pie if you know sure. what that is mm-hmm. and they put computer. it in the shell and had people play that in the hotel room and my my source has told me that they did have an investor on board at that point and they got freaked out and their main investor left so at that okay. point in the middle, and by the way, this was supposed to launch October 10, 2020. So in the summer of 2019, they're left without any money. They don't know what to do. So then they had to start doing, uh, they had to look for other means of raising money, either by taking out loans, which came out in an SEC document, uh, because they had, they had an awful fundraising campaign on Start Engine a few months ago that went nowhere. And then they asked for pre-order money from people after Tommy had said a billion times, we are not going to ask you for money until you can play the console yourself. Yeah. So they asked for pre-order money. They had a hundred dollar deposit. If you wanted to buy the console, if I remember. Yes, they did that early 2020. And that's to me where, where when I started covering this, I'm like, okay, we have to be more critical now because people's money is into this. If you're spending your own money, you have your own private investors have that. So they started doing two things. They started getting uh, these pre-order money for a hundred dollar deposits, which they always said were fully refundable. And then they also started <laughs> drifting on Fig slash Republic, which is a game investing site. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like a you're investing in the company, but not really. It's profit sharing. So they raised a ton of money doing that. And they said stuff like, oh, we have the person that helped market the Wii on board. We, we have a guy who helped launch the Xbox on board. They, they were touting all these big names, and that's how they hooked investors early on. From, so it went from be, being, okay, we're going to have private investors do this, our own money, to, okay, we're asking for pre-order dollars, and we're going to hook investors that don't know any better. And yeah. that's basically I what do, started happening in 2020. I do want to talk about that. Um, there's a Neil Patel video. You actually sent this to me last week or told me I should watch it, and it's so fantastic. Uh, this Neil Patel guy, he's kind of an SEO scam guy. Uh, oh, my favorite kind of guy. Yeah, he's, he's kind of... He's kind of doing the thing, the late 90s scheme of finding old people with money who don't know what the internet is and telling them that it's magic. Uh, so it's, it's sort t- of like... Time's running out on that scheme. <laughs> yeah. Clock's ticking. It's very much like finding a community of nerds in the 90s and saying, I'm rock and roll Tommy, a cool person. This ain't your daddy's <laughs> Disney's Jungle Book for Game Boy Color soundtrack. Imagine team. me on this skateboard. I'm not getting on it. <laughs> so uh, this video is just like a Shark Tank... Uh, episode that you would film from your home office and like Dropbox yeah, coal barons. It's just yeah, fucking the, nonsense. The uh, guy's on his laptop reading off a script and he's wearing this awful just white t-shirt and yeah. they just edit it together. Yeah, and he looks like he's in a, hiding in a compound. He looks almost dead. Um, <laughs> so sorry, was, I sh- maybe I shouldn't talk about his looks, but he looks like a fucking piece of shit. So, uh, so just Tommy to give and a him, timeline on this, that was that came out early 2021. They already had blown their release date at that point by four months when they, right. when they did that video and started raising money. They said it was coming out originally October 2020. This really started to hit the fan uh, how this looked like something was wrong. In June 2020, this is four months for the console sort of starting to come out. We discovered that they still had not filled certain positions in the company. There was three in particular they did not fill. 
uh, pretty, pretty important ones. Uh, one was like a production manager. One was a software engineer on the console. One was a firmware dev for the console. In June 2020, that summer, they still had not fulfilled these positions on the console that was supposed to come out that October. Once and Tommy's released- guitar polisher, they still hadn't filled that position. He was getting very cranky. <laughs> but the point is, like, once we discovered that, Tommy unleashed these low-level YouTubers on us to try to uh, try to smear us and, right. and slander us because we were reporting the truth. We knew the summer of 2020 it was not coming out in 2020 at all after they had taken pre-order money for it from people saying it was. So we started basically saying, at this point, this looks fishy as hell. So Tommy started ramping up his attack I, on us. I do want to like I want to pause here and uh, talk about doing the research for this. I um, uh, I don't know a lot of people wouldn't know this, but like once something touches YouTube, uh, research for it becomes almost impossible. So I'm really glad you're here, Pat, because uh, like like you say, he set off all the sent off all those uh, low level YouTubers. Like that happens. They'll be like, hey, this is a they'll they'll put out propaganda, and other people make like YouTube videos about how that's propaganda. And then people like Tommy Tallarico who have like uh, unchecked egos and like want to split every single hair and just keep the grift going as long as possible will come in and nitpick every single little point anyone makes. And so soon one, one bad claim becomes 50 uh, conflicting points from 50 different sources. And then you'll find videos about those. And soon it's, you know, more, more videos than any one person can watch. And so that's the problem I was running into when I was trying to do research for this. It's like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like something as simple as like, like it'll be like Tommy has five Guinness world records would be part of that video. And then like people will make a video debunking that. And then Tommy will be like, actually I do. I have 15 Guinness records. And then people will debunk that on and on and on. Uh, it's frustrating. It's and, and then he went to the, the website uh, for Atari age, which was, 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 which was one of the leaders in helping to bring down the scam Coleco chameleon when he start, Tommy had had a mega thread on there. That's now gone from the site that I sent. I sent Sean, I sent you the, yeah. the backup of that. We're talking over 1400 pages. Yes. Where 1422 he was posting, pages, he was posting, not posts, pages where he was posting constantly and basically leading people to believe that the console had all this stuff going on and all these partners and games coming out and all these sycophants, all these older Gen X, maybe you know, young boomers that were a fan of the console forty years ago, starstruck by Tommy Tallarico in that thread. Not <laughs> I can't only believe it's Tommy Tallarico, <laughs> not only doing that, but then leading attacks on us, using it as a source of attacks uh-huh. on us and other critics. Yep. And so um, that's basically when it went started to get nuts. It started to go nuts uh, the summer of two thousand twenty, um, and then like they did a reveal event August. August 5th, 2020, they were a day late in getting it out. They lost their CNET coverage because of that. And Tommy basically said two months before it's supposed to come out, hey, it's, it's not coming out. And it's like, we get it, asshole. A console's got to be done several months before its launch date in order to come out. Then he said it's coming out. Then he said it's coming out October 10th, 2021. He started raising money on uh, Fig Slash uh, Republic. Like you said, bringing up the sleazy Neil Patel video in early 2021. And in that video... He made claims that even the uh, the SEC had to ask them to clarify. He said, we have people working on it from Nintendo. He uh, alluded that Jay Allard, who had, quote unquote, ca- came on board the year before, who helped launch uh, Xbox Live and the Xbox, was there. The problem was, Jay Allard himself said in an interview in late 
uh, 2020 that he was gone from the company already. He was there for a cup of coffee, and Tommy was still saying he was on board mm -hmm. several months later. The SEC had asked him to clarify, uh, what the hell do you mean? You can't just ask for investments and say shit like that as a CEO of a company. So we, the more well, and more- To be clear, like Tommy's, the way Tommy like measures things isn't like you and me. Like one of his accolades was $10 billion in sales. And what that means is like any project he's ever been attached to, they counted. So it's like, you know, Disney's Jungle Book, whatever. Like, you know, all the people who bought that for the sweet Tommy Tallarico soundtrack. So it's, so if a guy came by for a cup of coffee, definitely that guy's on board. That guy's that part guy, of the company. That guy works here now. If he got retweeted by some dude, that guy is a fucking you trick him into thinking it's a Little Caesars, and he shows up. Bam, he's on board. <laughs> yeah, counts, say that legal. Counts SEC. That's what happens when you have a narcissist running a project because they yeah. pump up. They, they never admit when they're wrong, and they pump up their own accomplishments. And it's like a, it's a recipe for disaster because you can't be objective when you're running a company. When you're running a company, you have to throw your ego, you know, basically out the window. And a narcissist—that's all they they live and die on—is their their own ego. Some and of so, it might be the secret stuff, like going through their investor videos. A lot of it did seem like uh, really hard wishing. Like it'd be like, uh, look at all the market. And they would just basically show a picture of America. And they'd say like, if we get a console in every household, that's 48 billion consoles. Now, if we just sell America? two games and like these were the, they just were like, we're going to disrupt this industry with the dumbest fucking idea. Like, yeah, like an yeah. old video game console with old video games. It's like holding up a big Johnson t-shirt and saying, novelty penis, close sell. If we get 80% of the big Johnson sales, oh, let's say yeah. only 70% of the sales, we'll get 15 <laughs> times return on our investment. All right, 30% <laughs> of the sales of big Johnson. They literally did that. They literally said, well, there's 3 billion gamers in the world. What's yep. that based on? Oh, well, there's 3 million smartphones in the world. So it's yep. like, oh, okay. So because of that, they're going to buy a console where you have to hook up to a TV for, by the way, $250 at the time. These, All this these fucking grandpas. That was these fucking grandpas happening. held up an Xbox controller and marveled at all the buttons. They're like, look at all these buttons. You need to be, what did the guy say? You, see, you need to be an Olympic figure athlete to work one. These fucking guys are like baffled you know, by it. was Olympic figure athletes. I love them in the figure competition. God, and we, and, they, and it, there's just no sense of, of like business at all when we point out, well, those three billion were basically given a free gaming platform yeah. that happened to be their phone. So like you can buy a $25 Android phone that plays games. That's not the addressable market that's going to go out and buy a $250 console and then also then spend between 8 and $20 on what amounts that should be a dollar or free mobile game. So there yes. was no way for this to succeed at all. I mean, at all. But then Tommy, the way, the way Tommy then addressed it was like, well, this is going to be the family console because, uh -huh. because Xbox and, and PlayStation, they have all the games you, you, you don't want to play. But he had the gall to go down this road. And I swear to God, I wonder if Nintendo ever sent him a cease and desist. He had the gall to say Nintendo was the worst offender of them all when it came to sex and violence in games. That doesn't sound you want, me, you want me to play a cut? Yeah. Want me to play a cut? Yeah. I got a cut. Fucking if you're in clip. a game with, with blood and violence and sexual content and and kids in sexual compromising positions and rape oh. uh, on oh the God. Nintendo, if, if 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 that's what you want, then buy a Switch. <laughs> that is unedited. That oh, is, uh, all of the sexual assault games I have on my Switch with Nintendo's notoriously lax. Policing. Yes, 
he went down this weird path for about six to eight, nine months because I think he realized, well, we have to we have to uh, attack Nintendo in order to get mm-hmm. the, like th- basically he wanted us to be That's like a more Nintendo console. seal of quality. Yeah, the Nintendo seal of quality means at least four children will get murdered in yeah. very explicit ways. But um, yes, he was he was talking very Mormon about this thing. Like he was he had this real Quaker attitude about sex and violence and how his console wouldn't do any of that stuff. And like they're the only ones who'll ever do that. It was fucking stupid, right? Because they, he's they, running they out of demographics how, to trick. So you yes, got to find that new one. Speaking of, he was talking about old people. He's like, dude, no one sells video games to old people. We will. And, you know, this really helps with Alzheimer's. They're not legally allowed. It activates their brains. It keeps them from going crazy and senile. Like, all this is real shit. He said this in this investment video. Uh, I mean, they were genuinely, they seem to think they were talking to people who've never heard of video games. If this was actually Shark Tank, they would have told them to shut the fuck up like an hour and a half ago and said, please just show us the marketing data. You're You're just making things up. But no, video games will save our old people and attractive children. Unfortunately, though, it worked. It worked on uh, Republic. Um, They got uh, several million dollars from people. Oh, okay. God, I hope they feel See, I make fun of this, but apparently it's a great idea and we should just do it. You can go check out, you can see the people's comments. People are like, oh, I, I was brought here from Neil Patel's video. Or I got I brought I brought I was brought here from Tika Tawara's uh, newsletter. He a guy down in Florida that Tommy probably paid it to say this is a great investment, can't lose. You know, one of those things that you you, you it's a seven hundred dollar subscription to get this guy's awful investment strategies. So like right. people like these are older people that don't know any better. People in their sixties and seventies that disposal income they were they were taken for a ride. You can call them rubes, but they, their money's gone. Right. Um, well, I and think it was, he was targeting like angel investors that like they can lose $10 million with a shrug versus targeting people on Kickstarter who will send you 700 emails over like $40, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a good strategy financially, I would say. Yeah. Cause you're sick. You're, you're taking five grand from people, a thousand, $10,000. Um, there's no accountability. There's no guarantee. You have to actually return anything on yeah. that. And that was a profit share that was so nuts. So that you're, you were buying a profit share with up to a 10x return, which only means yeah. nine times your original investment, that was like had these weird caps that like you only had like three <laughs> years to make the money back. It didn't include a uh, wholesale. Uh, most of the wholesale of the console was not included. It was like there was no upside to the investment at all. And all these people just were were just taken for their cash. I, I recall uh, during that part of the video when it said you'll get 10 times your investment, uh, that was assuming they'd sell 25 million consoles. <laughs> which is uh, objectively insane. Like that's three times more than the Dreamcast sold. Uh, yes. So I mean, like it's it, he's cuckoo pants crazy. And this and the, again, the idea is this is a a little retro game console that only plays a very specific type of retro game. All the games they had like planned were fucking terrible. Like you just look at them and you're like, this like legitimately look, looks bad. So like did they have? Did they ever at some point or even imply that they had licenses to games that people would want oh, to play? Oh, they had now plenty of licenses. That's yeah, not the problem. Big uh, hit games like Shark, Shark, and Skiing. <laughs> yeah, um, They have an Evil Knievel game that was a free iPhone game that came out in 2000 and I think 15 or 16 that they were going to port over. So they love oh, their they love their 70s uh, Gen X and Boomer uh, uh, IPs. They announced a Harlem Globetrotters game. They announced yeah. um, in their they, they they showed a Sesame Street game that oh, we hmm. discovered was a free Flash game on SesameStreet.org that was going to be on the console. 
Um, oh, a Care Bears kart racing game, and I use that very term racing loosely, was a free mobile game that they showed <laughs> in their trailers. This was this type of stuff they wanted you to spend $250 on to play. And, uh, and then buy these games that were free on top of it. I want to and, talk about another thing is that uh, one part of the business model is they were going to take half the profits from third-party sales which is a really predatory number. Like it's worse than Apple who runs their company like a bond villain and already own a, a <laughs> absolutely an entire marketplace. So like it's fucking nuts. So like no one would want to develop for this console because half, literally half their profits are gone off the top. I want to talk about the 10 commandments of game design that they wrote. Uh, I'm sure oh, you've shit. seen this, Pat. Oh, I where love it. Yes. people do 10 commandments. That was also yes. leaked on their game, the game dev portal that the, uh, this tech company didn't have any secure. They didn't have any security on their dev portal. So if you had the link, you just get into it. Yes. Yes. Anybody that writes a 10 commandments of something actually has three reasonable commandments and then the rest. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if you can spot the three reasonable ones. The first one, every game must be rated E or E10 plus. So it, kids games. Okay. Uh, every, Every game developer wants this. Uh, sure, they want right. to find out like, oh, the violence in our video game has to be cut. Yeah, sure. We'll just take care of that. Uh, number two, every game must be easily playable without the need for complicated or long instructions. Great. Perfect limitation to give to your developers. Number three, every game must be balanced to allow players with every with very different ability levels to still have fun. Okay. Okay. Number four. When you get let, me stop right there. Let, let me stop you right there because this dovetails into another bullshit uh, claim that they always made. The claim was for year, years they had a patent-pending karma engine. Oh, no. That was going to then um, almost like... easier how, if you suck. Yeah. Like, like oh, how in Mario Kart, when you're behind in the race, you're going to get more sure. better weapons to catch up. You're going to get the mushroom to go faster. They claimed for years this is a patent-pending piece of software until mm. one day Tommy Tallarico, in one of his thousand of <laughs> YouTube interviews, basically said, yeah, that's bullshit. We made it up. <laughs> wait, wait shit i shouldn't have said that no, no no he proudly was saying that like like oh i got one over over and everyone because he yeah, would do these podcasts to get these low level youtubers and sycophants just to, to like say oh my god tommy you're so great that he would like l- like relax like like a bad criminal in an interrogation where you yeah, get on their right. good side and he would just say shit he, he shouldn't say amazing <laughs> amazing Fantastic. Uh, every game, this is the fourth one, every game must rate 7 out of 10 or above on a television's quality control scale. So, so far, wildly subjective rules yes. that, or commandments. Um, basically, more hassle than you would get developing anywhere else, less profit than you would get developing anywhere else, much smaller audience than you would get developing One of them else. is a miracle. <laughs> you yes, will be good at games. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> the fifth one is every game must cost less than $10. So... But so, less than five dollars. So you're getting, so you're getting yeah. five dollars of profit. <laughs> okay. Not so the original pricing was three to eight dollars when it was announced in 2018. It then okay. went from like I believe um, five to ten dollars. By the end, I think it was earlier this year, they said, "Oh, the games are going to cost up to twenty dollars." Okay. Oh, so this I'm is not, ongoing. Are, are gonna, this is uh, ongoing. Sean, are you going to bring up the physical quote unquote media later, or should I mention it now? If you're going to bring it up later, I'll. Oh. I'll I, I have it in my notes later, but please bring it up. It's okay. fucking absurd. Last year, they released... First of all, all games were going to be NFTs, even though they had nothing to back that up. <laughs> all games were going to be NFTs. That was the new hotness we, last year. We just found out what they are, so uh, yes. they're that now. We said, does he mean NFC because they're going to be scannable? So the physical media 
that they originally touted. This is gonna be it's gonna be revolutionary. This physical media, people are like, oh my god, there, it's gonna be an adapter for the original television cards. What is this gonna be? <laughs> they are basically hotel key cards. It's an RFID card that you put to your console that goes to a link to a website to download the game. And so they put them these out last year, and I actually bought them because I wanted a part of this awful history. Twenty dollars yeah, each. Where's one behind me? I have the Evil Knievel one. You get for twenty dollars each. It's they're about four and a half inches by I don't know a uh, three inches. Um, you get the you get the hotel key card basically with the graphics on it. You get a lenticular card like the eighties with the half two images. You get a cheap ass coin, and you get I, I, and that's what you get. You I get that love for twenty it. bucks. I the love how is stupid this. that is. These are games that don't exist, and the console doesn't exist. But they needed to raise money, so I started selling quote unquote physical products they couldn't call it physical media because there's technically not a game in this box that i'm holding there's not Stunned. a fucking game and on their website in the fine print it even says you are not buying a game license you're buying a physical product with a product that we will be releasing a game later that you can access through your physical product. <laughs> you cannot make this shit up these games well, are not finished the console's not finished yet they still were selling the, the physical quote-unquote products for their games I can't think of another console in existence that ever did that before, selling games for a console that will never come out. So I guess you can make that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so astonishing. Every detail of it gets dumber and dumber. I don't even know. We don't need to do the other Ten Commandments. They're oh, exactly I wanna, the just same. Just do them real quick. We right, let's know. do them. Okay, okay. Uh, number six is every game must support the official and television controllers. I feel like this one doesn't really need to be in there. One with the rotary uh, dial. Yes. Well, well, it's, uh, a, it's an analog disc, sixty-four way. There, there's an awful touch screen on it that only supports up to one <laughs> megabyte of information on it. So you can basically do just a, an image that you, you like. Oh, I, I for shark shark. Oh, I can pick an orange or blue uh, fish color. I can do that. This, they try to, they try to like play it off like, oh, this is going to be like a full touch screen, like a you switch. Can do orange, you, can do no, you, can't, you can't do shit on that screen. You can't do anything on these screens. I had a Dreamcast uh, VTU, and that thing, uh, it was like a little watch, like a little, you know, calculator watch. It, it's, it was cute, I guess. Is it like that powerful? That seems even less powerful than Dreamcast. I the VMUs, you can actually play mini games on. Um, I think those are more than one megabyte. I, okay. I think they originally, Amazing. They originally, I think, tricked people into thinking that, wow, so these controllers, that they said that you'd be able to transport your games on them from console to console. I think people got tricked some of them into thinking, that means I can play the game on the on right. the portable controller. And it's like, no, that touchscreen is literally just attacked as an action button to jump, which is really great, especially with all the lag that what we've seen in, in uh, featured <laughs> in the game demos. Um, yeah. They thought, so they, it was it's either like an action button, the touchscreen, or to select different things. We're not, we, we didn't bring up the LED lighting on the console and controllers. We don't have time for that. We don't even have time for the lighting, but it sucks. Uh, the seventh <laughs> commandment, every game must be 2D or 2.5D. 3D models, okay, but no free-roaming 3D worlds. Uh, so again, no reason to put this limitation on them other than like, um, it feels like just Tommy Tallarico, is, it's ch he's chasing one very specific memory. So it's a fading memory from a fading star of a fading era. And you can get it on the ground floor. <laughs> uh, number eight is every game must be an Intellivision exclusive. Even ports must be unique in some way. Okay. Again, so limiting. That and was such what bullshit, the fuck though. does that mean? Yeah. It was such bullshit because I told you about the, the two mobile games already and yeah, other stuff. Yeah, told me about fucking Care Bears. 
<laughs> we, when we when we when we pointed this out to people when we discovered the like the all oh, the 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 um, evil Knievel phone game I downloaded on my phone when I pointed this out he then said well exclusive means something else it means we're going to have exclusive features on here sure. so he was changing yeah. around the meaning of words because people were calling that Tommy Tommy oh boy give me the next two what are the next two oh the next two um no in game purchasing or DLC so. Great for the people getting a five dollar price point well, on their game. It sounds too. like there's, there's like it's not DLC, but it's it's like B, it's BLC, it's buy other content. <laughs> I guess <laughs> buy another console. Yeah. The final one: uh, every game must incorporate local multiplayer, couch co-op, or versus mode. And I've developed a game myself. I can tell you that this is not like something you can throw on at the end. This is this decides a lot of where you're going to put a ton of your resources. So no single player games on all of this? Oh, no, there's single player, but you have to have local co-op or, or multiplayer involved. Right. So so it's they're already nothing. struggling for this. So, so for like the Evil Knievel game, which is literally a tilting uh, game, like, or you have to like balance, you know, the, the Evil Knievel rider. They said, well, we're going to have four players in the screen at once, you know, uh, <laughs> like on a rocket ship thing going up. Like you know, he tried to do the rocket over the fucking... Grand Canyon. Standard I don't know. Canyon, I, wasn't yeah. born, I wasn't born in '65. I don't know what exactly what happened, but um, that was the sort of shit they're they're trying to pigeonhole into the games. For Moon Patrol, which was on their app, which I, rules, their sure. Moon Patrol local co-op wasn't even like oh two Moon Patrol buggies on the screen at the same time. It was well. One person is going to control the jumping. One person can control the shooting. No. One person. Oh, we did that. that with the keys on the keyboard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we wished yeah. we didn't have to. <laughs> was was the key part of that? Yes, exactly. Um, I, I, you bring up Moon Patrol. I want to talk about that because that really demonstrates how shitty the games look. Like that Moon Patrol game looks like someone in a Unity dev kit just hit default Moon Patrol auto scroller execute. Like it's just lifeless art with the free particle effects that come with the fucking software. It looks yes. so bad. It looks the, like the, someone made that game at a game jam and then got 50th place. One of the things that Tommy used to tap was, well, if our console is 250, you're getting six games built in. That's uh -huh. like a $500 value compared <laughs> to the Switch because the Switch doesn't come with the game. He failed to not to mention that these games were so simplistic. For example, the skiing game he brought up, I believe only had 10 or 15 levels you'd be done with that game in 10 minutes yeah. um th there's a game that they showed off in one of their uh, uh like exclusive first looks in the in the fall called uh tank battle then it became battle tank they changed the name three times they they re-uploaded the same video four times on youtube and this is why the game in its intro uh and, and menu selection screens had stolen assets from world of tanks the big free online multiplayer game and also stole assets from like random Google image searches uh, for like <laughs> tank museums. I swear to God, um, so they had to re-upload the video, editing out all the stolen assets. And then they said, "Oh, those are just placeholder images. Mm -hmm. We meant to change those." It's like really, it's like the amount of lies that they've had during the past that, few years. You can't even track them. That reminds me of one of my favorite scandals, where scandals uh, where they had like a a clip art of a family playing video games and they'd photoshopped the controllers in their hands. Oh, oh you go to any of their, uh, their, their earlier material, you go to their investment site, their E3 video from last year. Um, 90% of it is yes. It's all, it's all and, stock photos of people right. that were holding Xbox or, or Sony controllers. Wait, and they, here's what I loved about that. 
is that is that there was obviously like the first stock photo you'd find if you looked for family playing video games. And he came online to defend it. And he's like, oh, that's what fucking stock photos are for. That's what clip art is for. And he's not like wrong, but for a when your video game system isn't real and that's the scandal people are complaining about, a faked picture is is maybe the bad idea, I, I guess. Yeah, and it's a startup company that hasn't produced anything. We don't right. have it, like, four controllers, okay? Yeah, <laughs> haven't made the prototypes yet. It, it's like it, like if Sony had done a video and didn't have their controller done and just said, oh, we're going to have people we'll find video of people playing the switch we'll put in a new uh, sony controller it's like yes. you don't do that with your competitor that's false advertising at that point you're showing these families having fun with a console that, controller that isn't really in their hand that's different than going on amazon and seeing the same people uh you know selling hairbrushes and, and having the same model with a different hairbrush in the hand because you know if you buy that handbrush it's going to arrive you know that's yeah. that's the main difference I just loved it that he was like, that's what clip art is for. Case closed. Like t- Tommy Tallarico, that's like, I have, I've won. He really does fancy himself. I think he describes himself as a legend who never loses. Well, so you, know how he describes, you know how he describes other people? They're uh, racists. They're literally gaming racists. Gaming racists. <laughs> racists against gaming? Is that, is that the whole clip? That's amazing. Like, are they yeah. racist? <laughs> Anyone that was- he, anyone that he deemed like too, too critical was a gaming racist at their California offices, which are now closed. They literally spent money to get uh, in their meeting room. The CFO did an interview. The meeting room had gl- a glass door. It literally said haters dungeon on the door. Uh, who, who got put in there? Who was, who was the, were hater? they the haters? What I mean? Just like, did nothing through the bit. It just shows it's like this, like sort of, ultra defensive pushback against criticism that we're going to acknowledge that in our office by having a haters dungeon door. Oof. Oh, that's so lame. I, like I said, with 1,422 pages, just in that one fucking thread, uh, I realized like no one has time for this much Tommy except for Tommy. So he just goes around responding to all of that shit. And I don't know. It's I don't even know how to... like if he had used that energy elsewhere, there may have been fewer problems. Well, <laughs> Tommy claimed also to be a super sleeper. I'm not making this up. So he only needed like two mean? hours of sleep per day. Okay. Um, so he's, that explains the derangement, I guess. I don't and know. None, and gonna... none of the 22 hours were used for console building. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they were building something, but it was just six-year-old technology that cost them $50 off the shelf parts. I mean, that's, that's the problem. Um, and they made like, that... A real winner makes that cost seventeen million dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, the money's all gone, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, that thread on Atari Age that was allowed for some reason. Like, so Atari Age again, they helped bring down the Cleo Chameleon. They they were giving this guy, uh, you know, uh, forum fellatio for years. Yeah. And some people were like, "Wait a minute, this is like, why are you guys?" Some of the people on Atari Age that were longtime members that were either tossed from the site or decided not to come back because they realized that something weird is going on. But people were starstruck by this individual. The fact what that, oh, my God, he's posting on her, our site where we talk about 40-year-old video games. Oh, he's boy. He's a legit oh. celebrity, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> sure. The, I feel like the, the bad boy the, of the Jungle Book. <laughs> you will show he's, him some respect or you will be banned. Oh, my God. I've been it. at events where people were like, not excited to see Tommy Tellerico, but like they saw him and were like, oh, hey, that's Tommy Tellerico. And I'm like, he's like an actual celebrity who did a lot of work in the game industry. I, oh. I just feel like 
no one really had a chance to like hear him talk or, or see what he could do other than like, you know, make soundtrack music. Does he also have an earring? I don't, I don't see one in my mind's eye, but I had to have getting excited if he had the leather jacket and the earring. I'm just excited for a bad boy. Like in general, you can tell me (laughs) he does whatever, but he's not even bringing earring energy. I don't know. I have, um, I see Tommy Tallarico and I feel like, like there, but for the grace of God, kind of like I have been called the bad boy of video games. Not like oh that, really. Yes, Stop not like me that. by choice, but I've been introduced that way unironically, and I did not like it. And for someone to embrace that identity, it always struck me as like uh, really embarrassing. Like it really <laughs> betrays a childhood nerdy nerdery that like uh, I wouldn't want anyone to know about. I've always. Pre- that, I'm sorry to cut you off, Brock. I feel like I'm rambling so much. <laughs> but with the, there's so much information, I'm trying to just squeeze into this. Yeah, go, yeah. go. Because, because your listeners like, what the fuck are they talking about? Is this real? <laughs> this guy that was had had a lot of off color jokes. Uh, you can find them. He's done some Mega sixty four videos, and I like that guy. But he's done like you know uh, BJ jokes with them. This was the guy that was running your family friendly console empire. Yeah. His um, best friend and, is a Nazi. He uh, hates cancel culture. That's what's even, is even more bizarre. I have, an, I have another clip if I can play it. Another Please clip. It. Okay. This this was on. Uh, uh, Review Tech USA's uh, one of the streams where he was attacking us, and there was no pushback on the uh, the Switch comment I'd played before about there being a child and sex and rape <laughs> on consoles. But there wasn't pushback on this comment either. Hey, hey, hey let, let's face it, Rich. You know damn well both me and you. If we had the opportunity to get a lap dance from the Little Mermaid, we'd be all oh. over. Sure, uh, false. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not so, going to deny that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, a fucking rub that fish dance. butt on my dick, the child fish butt. <laughs> I'm really, yeah, really into the lap dance, which involves almost exclusively the lower half, which is fish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, which, which is a child, which I'm is a 15 year old fish. Which I guess is old. Is that old for a fish? Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's age of consent for. If it's I don't Ariel, get into mermaid sex politics. Okay. If it's Ariel now, and I'm like allowed to. Take a sh- change clothes, take a shower afterwards. I feel like you'd be real fishy afterwards, but I, there's something about a mermaid lap dance that I don't see completely unappealing. <laughs> I, I mean, know. you go, I, go I into the I ocean. I don't, dis- I don't disagree with uh, Tommy as hard on this one. Wouldn't this I, I find it repulsive. I wouldn't be happy with myself or proud Listen, of myself. Listen, dolphins are horny as shit. If you go into the ocean and close mm-hmm. your eyes, you can have a mermaid lap dance right now. I mean, you might not oh. survive it, but you'll get it. <laughs> Oh, please. It, but if, if it's I'm really glad to have the last word on that one. <laughs> if it's oh, the child God. fish girl that can't talk, I, I think that's disgusting. And it feels like that's who they were talking about. Uh, I also don't like when they frame it like, come on, fellas, you know you do it. Like, you know you would, right? Come on. I, I, don't, I don't think you should. I, I certainly wouldn't include anyone in my newfound fish but fish. Yeah, it's a bold swing, and for you to agree, like ah, I guess I do have a fish fetish. Come on, right, that's my last You'd put my a cloaca around it. <laughs> now so you know we. There's so much more of the rabbit hole you can go down with this. I, I try to give you the, the the just the high points of it, but it's been an insane almost four years of covering this. It's been you nuts. did an amazing job. You covered almost everything in my notes. Did I really? Did I leave anything out? Yeah. The, the, I don't, the rapid fire lightning. I round? don't think so. I'm sure I like 
have a couple jokes in here that I'll regret not right now. No, th- these all suck. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know you write jokes. I feel honored. Very uh, rarely. I, uh, I I usually have four to five pre-written jokes as I go through my notes. Uh, and when I say pre-written, I mean they'll say s- something about fish butt lap dance, and then I will up, up to you to remember and interpret live. <laughs> Was fish butt la- lap dance on your list of things to bring up, or are you glad it I brought was it? not? I'm very okay. glad you brought that up. That, okay, it that would be amazing notes. if he counted on you playing that clip. <laughs> Sean's like, yeah, Pat, he's going to do it. Here it comes. comes. Although I don't know. I don't know the guy. Maybe it's a big part of his identity now. Could be. He's the bad boy of SeaWorld. (laughs) 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 Oh, I like that we started this off with real journalism and just end dragging a guy for wanting to fuck a fish. Uh, I mean, if you're going to drag someone for something, I mean, I think that could qualify. The there's fish has so, a human face, guys. There's just so much to drag him for. Uh, if you're going to be canceled over something, I think uh, child uh, fish lap dance should be on that list. Yeah. I think that should be. You said, what you, you, said you had one more clip. For. What was that? Did you say you had one more clip? I don't know if it got drowned out, but this is all I had. Oh, please. I mean, t- take a freaking joke, people. Like, seriously, take a joke. That was after like the chat started calling yes. him out as in, on his, his insane stuff. <laughs> they just start trolling him. He's offered to, he's come after me uh, on Twitter saying, debate me all in caps, oh, basically. Oh, Ooh, I love like, that guy. Like ben, like ben Shapiro. And we never yeah. gave him the time of day because we knew that it could only benefit him in even a small way. If, if even one poor, unfortunate soul, uh, speaking of Little Mermaid, um, ever ordered the console because of our coverage, we were doing a disservice. You know, yeah, so we're like, we're I not suppose. We're also, just gonna, you know, facts generally lose to the loud guy in debate, which is why all loud guys want to debate. Correct. Maybe challenge him to a basketball game. Well, he's like 5'3", so I, I wouldn't that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Tommy Tall, Tall boy. Tommy Tall friend. Tommy Tall friend. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Here. There's the Napole- Napoleonic complex. There is a belief in a bullshit secret self-help garbage. There's a lot going on here with this character. There's a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure we got some of the details wrong, Tommy. So just save the email. Yeah, we just assume that there's little oh. nuances to everything we've insulted you about that I'm sure make us the assholes. Oh, no. You can debate them. I just figured something out. Uh-oh. By doing this, we've just involved ourselves in this. Oh. We're going to have to hear from these people. Uh, we might. Oh, it's going to be a bad day on Twitter. Yeah. Well, at this point, there's only like two or three people holding on for dear life. Even the cultists. That yeah, but there's nothing like, like a nerd with time. Yeah. I mean, but that's the internet. That's, that's part of the fun of it, right? <laughs> well, come at us, fish fuckers. <laughs> and only fish fuckers. <laughs> I am prepared well, to debate you. Pat, before we go, is there something you'd like to plug? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Pat the NES Punk. I mean, I'm on YouTube. I got two books. I got documentary series. I got a lot of stuff going on. That's all. I mean, just find me. If you enjoy, I'm sorry if I rambled too much for your audience. Sometimes I tend to that's that. literally why I brought you on because it saved me two weeks of research because you oh, already okay. had it in your brain. Man, you, you came so prepared. You came so prepared. I get 10% of the Patreon proceeds then for this episode? No? Okay. 
for whatever this episode brings in, sure. For sure. Whatever our ads run, sure. Makes, makes up for the hundred dollars. I got paid for the retro article. No, man, it was great. You came so prepared. You had, you had all of those clips and like, we didn't even, we, we have clips to Sean. Uh, you want to play one of our clips? This is the haunting love song from Lone Tiger. In 2020, a crack commando unit was sent to internet prison for crimes they absolutely did commit. These mavericks promptly escaped their corporate captors and fled to bespoke comedy websites where they paid the ultimate price. $50. Today they survive as hot dogs of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Supremes. Three Finger Louie, the man with the plan. Aaron Croston, the muscle. Adrian Hisbrook, The Face. Aiden Moak, The Wild Card. Alpha Scientist Java, also Wild Card. Unandy, The Wildest Card. Andreas Larson, Wild Card. Armando Nava, Wild Card. Benjamin Sironin, The Face of a Wild Card. Bim Talzin, Wild Card. Brandon Garlock, Wild Card. Brian Saylor, Wild Card. Brianne Whitney Wildcard. Brockway loves the meat millie. That's a wild card. Cyril, considered a wild card by other less wild cards. Chad, wild card. Chase McPherson, wild card. Chris Brower, wild card. You get too many wild cards together, they start agreeing on plans. That's when you call Curious Glare to rewild those cards. Dan B, wild card. Dean Costello, Wild card. Donald Finney, wild card. Dr. Awkward, the wild card. Eric Spaulding, the pilot. And wild card. Fancy Shark, wild card. Wild card Jellaho. Hambone, wild card. Haraka, wild card. Hot Fart, wild card. Jaber Al Aiden, wild card. Jacob Thornburg, wild card. This one goes out to the wild card but especially with Jeff Araski. Jeremy Neal, a whole fucking deck of nothing but wild cards. John Dean, wild card. John McCammon, wild card. John Minkoff, wild card. Josh Fabian, actually a pretty tame card. Until you double tap to activate and he enters wild mode. Josh S, wild card. Ken Paisley, wild card. K&M, wild card. Laziest man on Mars, wildest card on Earth. Matt Riley, wild card. Michael Lair, all the girlies say he's pretty wild for a card guy. Michael Wells, wild card. Mickey Loman, rogue wild card. 
Mike Styles, Wildcard. Moju, Wildcard. ND, Wildcard. Neil Bailey and Neil Schaefer, Neil Wildcards. Nick Ralston is a boat guy. All boat guys are Wildcards. Nick H, Wildcard. That old Wildcard Ozzy Ole. Patrick Herbst, Wildcard. Rain Vargas, Mute, Mimic, Martial Arts Master, and of course, Wildcard. Rhiannon, Wildcard. Sarkovsky the Wildcard. Spotty Reception, Wildcard. Ted H, Part-Time Wildcard, Full-Time Wildcard. Oh, that Wildcard Timmy Leahy. Toasty God, Wildcard. Tommy G, Wildcard. Yosarian, Wildcard. And featuring special guest Tom Sakula as Sick Orphan Bobby Baskins. The absolute wild card of the Children's Oncology Ward. <laughs> <laughs>